in summary, it's basically this, is every issue is an issue of the heart. Just like Solomon said, he said, hey, guard your heart. It's really your spirit man. You know, these books call it your um, cellular memory. It's basically who you are is in every cell. It's in every cell of your DNA of every one of your cells. And uh, we either believe two sources, really. And it's the original, hey, you, you either operate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and I'll share that with you, which causes fear, which causes lack, which causes guilt. We believe the wrong thing about who we truly are in Christ. That's, that's eating from the wrong tree. We're feeding or we're putting in our heart something that's not true about you. If you eat on the tree, uh, the tree of life, which is a picture of what? Jesus. So, hey, you're either going to have a relationship with God based on your performance, or you're going to have a relationship on God based on his performance for you, which is Jesus. No, right? It's good if you take the second one, because uh, uh, that's why scripture says this. He goes, you know what? Uh, There's a way that seems right unto man, but in the end leads to death. And that is, if I know enough, and I do these things enough, if I pray enough, and if I anything enough, and if I don't do something else, which is the no, I'm intimate with the knowledge of good and evil, that seems like it would work. That's common sense to us. It says there's a way that seems right unto a man, but in the end, it leads to what? Death. And so here's, here's the original, um, the original deception is still the deception. So when, when God created Adam and Eve, he said, I created you in my image. Doesn't it say that? So that means we were in his likeness. We operated like him. We did, we, we uh, functioned like him, etc. And then it says, you know what? But, but the first Adam was deceived because it said, listen, if you do these things, then you'll be like God. You'll be, have everything God has. Well, the truth was Adam and Eve had everything that God has. So he said, if you go do these things, now that sounds good to us, doesn't it? Hey, if I do all these religious exercises, then yeah, that, that would work. Because if I obey, then it's okay. That'll lead to death, guys, because it'll ultimately show you how you always fall short. You're not good enough. Somebody will always pray more than you. Somebody will always read the Bible more than you. Somebody will do something better, more fast. All the above, right? In the end, we just start feeling guilty and condemned. How many of you guys have ever made a mistake? Yeah, so that's the, the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil just shows you that. And it starts to get rooted in your heart that I'm not loved, I'm not good enough, I'm not, uh, I'm not worthy to be blessed, etc. But that's why it says only feed on this. Only feed on Jesus Christ. Amen? So the old covenant, there was fasting and all these things, but in the new covenant, I would encourage you to go on a fast with me, not out of food, but never eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil again. That's what the whole fast thing's all about. That's why Jesus, when he saw the fig tree, he goes, you know what? I cursed this thing, and nobody should ever eat from this tree ever again, which was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which was the law, the legal system, right? And so on the flip side, though, I want you to have a feast. Feast on me. Feast on Fill your heart with me. Yeah, you can eat, guys. You just relax. You know, people get all hung up on that. I go, I've just never seen anybody fasting that's total full of joy and happiness and everything else, which is fruit of the Spirit. <laughs> At least maybe you guys do. I don't. I get hangry, right? I get angry, so I need a Snickers if I fast. Yeah, you too. <laughs> it's not good for you, I don't think. Everybody's like, oh, the health man. I was like, yeah, but it's killing you, ultimately, because you're, you're operating from the wrong tree. So, what was the truth about Adam and Eve? Did they have everything God had? Yes. So, you were either, we were designed to, to operate in a loving family. The number one thing, the most powerful force on the world is the love of the Father. End of story. So, if you know how much he loves you, everything else works. If you think he's going to love you based on how good you are, how much sin or you don't sin or not, 
you will always die, meaning that your finances will suffer, your health will suffer, your relationships suffer, literally. And all he's doing is showing you the science behind that. So I'm just going to get into that. So basically it's this. If you believe the wrong thing about yourself, it says your heart starts to realize, hey, I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy enough, I'm not loved, I'm not, uh, uh, I don't really care what it is, is, is everything we fell short of God's glory, what he wanted for us. He, wanted, he loved us so much, he wanted us to live in this loving family with him. That's really what he says. So I want you to be in this family where everything that you're ever going to need, I provide for you just because I want to bless you and I love you. Period. Right? Well, now the lust of the flesh is simply this, as we'll go to this scripture. It's not, uh, it's not sex things or lusting things like that, which the world tries to, most Christian teaching teaches you that. Hey, avoid this, avoid that, avoid that, because that's the lust of the world. The lust of the flesh is simply this, is if something's not going right in my life, instead of depending on the love of God, I need to go do something to get God to move. The lust of the flesh is I have a desire to make things happen on my own, so I'm going to do something more. Does that make sense? That's all the lust of the flesh is. So, hey, are you really the son of God? If you are, then you can ask for it and be patient. That's what it says. And I could go through all those scriptures. Hey, add to your faith virtue and everything else. It says, by the end, you're going to see the complete perfect love of God. Just be patient. Does that make sense? But a lot of times the enemy comes to us in that situation where it doesn't look like we're in a loving family where either we have lack or something just happened to us or something happened to our relationships. And the lust of the the enemy comes at that point and goes, hey, the reason you're having this situation in your life because you did something wrong. And that's the whole roaring of a lion thing. He said, I'm going to try act, put judgment back on you. Hey, this is why this is going on in your life. And Jesus, the last Adam, said, no way. Even though I don't have anything, I'm, I'm completely without food. I'm completely without water. I'm in the wilderness. I'm in the desert places. It doesn't look like I'm a son, even though I own everything. The enemy comes to him and goes, hey, if you're really the son, which is the lust of the flesh, do something. I mean, flesh is just, I do something in my own versus depending on his love for me. Does that make sense to you guys? So he goes, if you just depend on him to get you out of every situation and bless everything you do, and you start planting that in your heart, you know what? You're going to start operating in the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, etc. Does that make sense to you guys? So if we believe anything other than that, that we're completely sinless, he loves us, he will provide for us, he will protect us, he will do everything despite us, despite our performance, you're going to get a right heart and things will start working for you. If you think you have to do something, you're going to start believing the wrong thing about yourself and it manifests. Your body actually starts to shut down. And the more you try to have faith, you literally cannot have faith because it shuts down. Uh, how many of you have ever experienced that? You hear the gospel and then the little bit of leaven, hey, do this, do this, do this, do this. And you go, why, did I, why, why, why can't I even have faith anymore? And they just show you the science behind that where your body shuts down literally and you cannot have faith because you're, you're, he calls it the subconscious, what's called the subconscious. I would call it your heart or your spirit. You've planted the wrong thing in there, and no matter how hard you try, if you're going through the same situation over and over and over, and it, it seems repeating where it seems like you're self-sabotaging yourself, I've seen that in so many people's lives. No matter how hard they work, no matter how hard, it seems like the same thing happens. Or they get into a relationship, and this, oh, you know what, the same thing happens. The relationship falls apart. And over and over, if that's happening to you guys, I just promise you, ask the Holy Spirit to heal that part of your heart because there's a wrong belief about who you are. You probably have some belief like, I'm not pretty, I'm not good looking, I'm not worthy to be loved, etc. in there, and you don't even know it. Does that make sense? Does that help you guys? So let's go through scripture um, because uh, uh, I just want to show you some of that. So 
I think it's very valuable for you guys to read this healing code. And, you know, talking to Dr. Johnson, he says, you know what, the only time it's not worked is if people aren't willing to do it. Like, that's a bold statement to me. And so he's, you know, some of you guys, this may be your first time or online, hey, Lou Gehrig's cancer, et cetera, any, any success issue. And see, I, I just believe he's a loving father. And he tells us these things in scripture. I think Philippians 4 that we've gone through the last two weeks, I won't do that. He tells you, instead of worrying about anything, if you've got something going on in your life that's not of life or living it more abundantly, instead of you having the lust of the flesh, meaning, now I'm going to go be better for you, God, and then you'll bless me. He goes, don't do that. He says, do what? Hey, pray. Instead of worrying about anything, pray and supplicate with thanksgiving and the shalom of God, meaning that everything Jesus has you have will guard your hearts and minds. And he says, now meditate on these things. And all he's doing is he's reprogramming your heart to design how God designed you, which is in perfect love, not out of a slave mentality where I have to perform for him. Does that make sense to you guys? And you all know that, guys. There's certain parts of your life that things just work for you. I call it in the zone. The athletes call it in the zone. You know that, Ramiko. There's been times in your life where you just kick butt and it works for you. Then there's other times where I don't care how hard you try, it seems like nothing's working. Isn't that true? And it's really just baseball. You guys know I'm a baseball nut. Baseball's exactly like that. You get one guy in in one month, he's batting 400. Next month, he can't hit. And they always talk about there's something in there. He, he started to believe the wrong thing. Oh, my swing wasn't this way. They start tweaking everything. And then they're so confused they can't even do it. Like, to me, it's like, Ron, remember we were golfing and they're trying to give me all these instructions. When I don't know anything, I just get up there and whack it. And then they're starting to tell me, get off this foot and do all this. And you know, I'm just like, they put me under a legal system where I have, to, I have to do all these things to perform versus, you know what? I just think I can hit this a mile, a mile and straight. The more I focused on that, I bet I could do it. The more I said, no, do this and put your weight here and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, I wanted to throw the club right into the tree because uh, just stop. And you know what? Most religious teaching is the same way. Hey, if something's going on in your life, do this, don't do that. Stop doing this. Watch this. Don't watch TV. Do all that. Baloney. Baloney. It's all about a heart issue. Guard your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life, period. The boundaries of how far you're going to experience. Does that help you guys? So let me just go through scripture here. See, we're designed to operate in love. And, and Dr. Carolyn Leaf, all these different people, they show you that when you are operating in love, literally you, you form new dendrites, new neurons where you actually function how God designed you to function, full of wisdom, full of witty ideas, inventions, etc., full of confidence, persuasion that God loves you and you're gonna, just going to be good at something. Follow me? So that's why it says, uh, keep thy heart, which is, they call it your subconscious. I would call it your spirit man or the real you. You know, there's something, your, your subconscious, there's something you've programmed yourself so much in there that no matter how hard you try, unless you fix that, nothing's going to work. The good news is, by prayer and meditation on the good things of Jesus, he naturally fixes you. And it's so easy. See, I think the Father would make it easy. Barbara and I always struggled with this. We're like, you know what, I'm a, I'm a, I think I'm a relatively good dad. Why would I make it so difficult for my kids to receive all the blessings? Why would I make it difficult? And I think he shows us so clearly, hey, cast your cares upon him. Come boldly to the throne of grace. You may find mercy and grace. Instead of worrying about stuff, why don't you just pray for him to heal your heart, knowing that, Lord, you know what? I don't know why I have this struggle, but I know I have the peace of God, peace of Jesus, the shalom of Jesus. So Holy Spirit, I'm just asking to heal that. And now, you know what? I'm going to meditate on the good things, things that are lovely, pure, etc. Does that make sense to you guys? And he's given us some instructions. He goes, I know how I created you. This is how you're going to function at peak performance. It's simple, isn't it? And then start people, well, no, that's not enough. You need to do this. You need to do this. You need to do this. Guys, how many of you have had 
you just started to calm down and rest a little bit just doing some of these simple prayers. I have. It's, it's really fascinating to me. And if, if you haven't, I, I just think you're not doing it, to be honest with you. You're doing everything. You're doing religious exercises yet. Hey, I'm going to go do this more, do that more. Uh, all that kind of stuff. So anyway, our heart is either programmed by fear or love. It's the, 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 op, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Isn't that what happened to Adam and Eve? They, they fed on the wrong thing. I'm not good enough. There's something I need to do to be pleasing to God. If I eat from this, then I'll be like God. The challenge was they were already perfectly loved in the family. God wanted to provide them everything. All of a sudden, guilt, shame, etc., came into it, which is every disease, every lack, every success, failure. Everything happened after that. Now, the last Adam, Jesus Christ, brought us back. He goes, you know what? You're back in the family. I love you perfectly. You're completely sinless. Uh, everything starts to function again in your life. That simple thing. In fact, I got a, uh, an email late last night. This lady said, you know what? It's been so beautiful just trying to be in the perfect state of love for 30 minutes. That's what he challenges to do. Try it. It shows you how messed up our heart actually is because I was like, geez, I'm teaching this stuff and that was hard for me for 30 minutes to just focus on nothing but good. Isn't it difficult? It really is. It's, it's, how many guys do it perfectly? I, I didn't. So I was like, all right, Lord, I'm going to focus on my life. And then you know what? All these thoughts start to come in. I was like, wait a minute. Jeez, I'm messed up more than I thought. So... Uh, and have my life works pretty well. It's, it's interesting. So I'm like, geez, it's interesting how we've been programmed. All these different things come in. So uh, this will help you a lot, I think. Does that help? Okay, so let's keep going here. Galatians 5.1. I'm just giving you different scriptures that really show everything he shows you. So Galatians 5.1 says this. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. What's the yoke of bondage there? I have to do something. Legalism. I have to go through religious exercises to be blessed by God. He goes, you're free from that. You're no longer a servant. You're a son. And to the Jewish mind, which all the, the whole scripture is written in that context, if you're a son in the father's house, what does that mean? You have the right to anything in the house. Anything there is yours. How do you, how do you get it? Ask for it. Re- require, you, if you require it, no, he'll give it to you. Just, you know why? Not because you do it right, you prayed right, you had your, your unbelief aboard your belief, etc. None of that. He goes, it is yours. He's trying to be so persuasive that you should never have a doubt that I will provide for you, heal you, protect you, etc. I don't care what it looks like. If it goes bad, etc. I promise you, I love you enough, I'm going to get you out of this, this situation because my name is salvation. Does that make sense to you guys? So calling on the name of the Lord, calling on the name of salvation simply means I don't have to worry about this thing whether, I don't care what it is, I can simply go, you know what, I'm married, I t- I'm surnamed Jesus. I took on his name. He bowed his, his knee to me in a marriage covenant, and now I'm one with Jesus Christ. So if I require anything, he's going to treat me like the spotless bride I am and just provide for me, no matter what it is. Isn't that beautiful? So he goes, stand fast there. Don't get mixed up with having to perform again, all right? Behold, I, Paul, say unto you that if you be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing, For I testify again to every man that is circumcised that he is a debtor to do the whole law. Christ has become of no effect unto you. Whosoever you are justified by the law, you are fallen from grace. Now, I say unto you that if you be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. What was going on here is people got excited about the gospel of Jesus Christ, but then things weren't working out so well. They still had issues in their life, whether it was lack, a lot of these guys in Jerusalem were hungry, etc. I know everybody's trying to be like, the first church in Acts, that's not necessarily the greatest idea, guys. You know, they, they said, 
They sold everything and brought it all into one place. And everybody's like, yeah, that's what we should do. Well, not long after that, Paul's going, they're all starving. So all of you in, in, in all these other outlying churches, you got to give because we got to take care of the guys who thought it was a communal system. So I just want to cover that. Now, should we provide for everybody's needs? Yes, of course. That's what he's saying. But they, they all thought the, the coming of the Lord was right now because he's going to establish his kingdom. Hey, let's just sell everything and just wait. And unfortunately, that's how I see more Christians today. You know, when Jesus comes back, it's all going to be okay. Yeah, but how about now? Let's live now. Because he came to give us life and live it more abundantly right now, not just when he comes again and all these different things. So we're kind of like the first church in Acts. Lord, I know you're going to take care of this all. And he's going, no, I already took care of it all. Why don't you start meditating on the right thing and you're going to live life more abundantly, all right? So he's, he's warning them, hey, you don't have to do anything because if you think you have to do anything, if you have to be circumcised, so they're going, it's not enough just to believe in Jesus. Now you need to do things. Get circumcised, start following the laws of Moses, etc." And he goes, if you, have, if you do that, because you've, you've gotten a little bit of leaven in there, Christ is of no effect. They do not mix. Either you have to do something or you don't. They don't mix. End of story. See what he's saying there? So, if you be circumcised, Christ profits you nothing. We could say it a lot of ways in the New Covenant. If you have to pray a certain way, Christ profits you nothing. It's either assurance or it's not. Does that, does that make sense? Um, Let's see, what, what else? Uh, give me some religious exercises. Fasting. Meditating. Prayer closet. <laughs> I don't have one. Sorry to disappoint you. I don't have a closet where I go in. Basically, he's going, hey, instead of you Jews out there trying to brag and pray, and everybody, wow, you pray for five hours a day, amazing. He goes, listen. The guy on the cross goes, I don't do jack, and I'm not worthy of anything, but Jesus, I believe you love me, and you're going to save me. Today, you'll be with me in paradise. End of story. Isn't that beautiful? So, he goes, if you think you have to do all these things, that's why I read 1 Corinthians 13, love. He goes, listen, if you, that's even praying in tongues, guys. I know you charismatics freak out when I say that. But let me ask you this. Have you, because the kingdom of God is righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit, right? Have you seen people pray in tongues that don't have those? Can I just be honest with you? Almost every charismatic I've seen doesn't have those. And they're tongue talkers, man, all day. Now, do I, do I think you should pray in tongues? Yeah, of course. But it says, if you don't know how much he loves you, and that out of his love is what's what really going to work, whether you do anything or not, he goes, it profits you nothing. I don't care how much you pray in tongues. That's what it says. If you have the, the tongues of angels and of men, both, your spirit and in your known language, but you don't know everything works just because he loves you enough, he's going to do it, it won't profit you. That won't get me a place in Charisma Magazine, but that's the truth. Um, <laughs> because they'll go, hey, this is, you know, you, it, and I get it, guys. I taught it. I, I believe now the more I'm understanding this, I go, Lord, the whole thing is just you love me. You want to bless me just because you love me. You're amazing. Whether I talk in tongues, whether I read the Bible, whether I do anything, you just want to love me. And you just want to give it to me. What an awesome God. You know what? Now I have righteousness, peace, and joy. Hallelujah. So do you know anybody who reads the Bible more than you that doesn't have joy? Can I be honest with you? Almost everybody again. All the guys who were telling me I have to read that much, I look at their life and I go, man, they're miserable. They don't have the fruits of the Spirit because they put themselves under a thing versus faith worketh by love. That's it. 
You can do all these things. Hey, you know what? You're going to be blessed depending on how much you give. It says, you know what? If you give everything, you even give your body to be burned, but you don't have love, what does it profit you? Nothing. Well, guess what? That eliminates all the TBM guys. So into the anointing and all that. Then God's going to write you. No, he says, listen, if you don't know, if your heart's not persuaded that he's just going to bless you because he loves you, that's why you can give freely, it's not going to profit you really. Go read 1 Corinthians 13. You've, you've heard it at every, uh, at every wedding. And then the pastor thinks he's putting it on the, that poor couple. And they're looking at each other going, I keep no record of wrong. Yeah, but she's this and he's this. And right away they start getting condemned. And all it says is perfect love keeps no record of wrong. The only guy who can ever do that is Jesus Christ and the Father. He keeps no record of wrong for us. He's long-suffering. He's patient. He's kind. He's everything. We can trust in his love for us. That's what that's all about. Does that make sense to you guys? All right. So, hey, behold, I, Paul, say to you, if you have to do anything, Christ will profit you nothing. It says the same thing as 1 Corinthians 13. That's all it is. Okay? So verse 3, therefore I testify again to every man that is circumcised. Hey, listen, if you think you have to do everything, then you're the debtor to do the whole law. You can't even walk a certain way on Saturday. You cannot wear mixed garments because it's a picture of the mixed covenants. You can't have wool and linen because wool makes you sweat, which is a picture of I have to labor, do things to be pleasing to God. Linen is no sweat. That's why the high priest had to wear linen undergarments because they couldn't sweat in their work. This is a picture of Jesus Christ. It's effortless. Just ask for it. You're a son, guys. Does that help you? Okay. So, and then he, does, he says some things that are, aren't very exciting for a guy. Because he goes, listen, if you think you have to be a debtor to the, to the whole thing, I wish you'd just cut off your private parts. Instead of just the, the skin, cut it all off. You who desire to be under the law. I don't. Because I would prefer not to do that. Um, <laughs> Christ has become of no effect unto you. See, he's not playing around here. He's trying to be black and white, in my opinion. Either it's all grace or it's a little bit of mixture, a little bit of leaven. Then if you think you have to do anything, now you've got to do it all. See what he's saying there? If you think you have to do everything, anything, just, instead of just being dependent on my love for you, it's not going to work. Christ is not going to work for you. You're going to get a wrong belief in your heart that you have to do something. I'm not worthy. I didn't work hard enough. I've, I've you know... I, I, had, I struck out with these ladies, guys, so I'll never have a great relationship with a, uh, a woman. And the vice versa. Hey, women, you know what? I, he thinks I'm ugly. I'll never be good enough, etc. He won't love me because he's going to see my flaws. Guys, we all have that. Welcome to the club. And that's what he says. You know what? God's going to design somebody perfectly for you that loves you perfectly despite you. Amen? Thank you, Lord, for Bar Popovich. So, because um, <laughs> I know I, I need a lot to... Uh, Anyway, so Christ has become of no effect unto you. Whosoever you are justified by the law, you are fallen from grace. Grace is the, the original design for man. Uh, you know what? You're going to operate in my love for you. That's it. Freely give everything. That's grace. Isn't that beautiful? And the minute I think I have to do anything, I've fallen from that high position of grace. It doesn't mean that some pastor or elder had a sin. In fact, what it says is, if that ever happens, you who are spiritual, meaning that you know you've been blessed spiritually, not by your performance, restore them, lest you're going to fall into the same nonsense. So, I'm very careful about that, too, because there's certain sins I see that, ooh, I don't want to do that. So, so I really, I, the best I can, am I good, am I perfect at this? No. No, I want to hit you with a bat just like you want to hit me with a bat every now and then. Right? Can we just be truthful? Now, my wife's pretty amazing. She rarely wants to hit anybody with a bat. And it's like, honey, this lady needs a hug. Go take care of her. Because right now I'm irritated by the whole deal. It's like, 
I'm just trying to be as honest as I can. Follow me? But you know what? Then at the end of the day, I go, Mike, you self-righteous knucklehead. Who, what makes you think you're any better than anybody else? I go, if anybody should know this, it's me. So, and that's Paul too. He says, you know what? I, anyway, for if we who through the spirit wait for the confident expectation of righteousness by faith. That means I'm going to get my glorified body. God, he's going to restore man to the original position he wanted, full of life everlasting, no death evermore, sickness is conquered, death conquered, etc. We will have that. Isn't that good news? So, for in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor, uncircumc- nor uncircumcision, meaning that, hey, it doesn't matter whether you do it or whether you don't do it. It really doesn't matter. What matters? Faith which worketh by love. And what's love? Herein is love, not your love for me, because that's how, hey, you got to love God with, remember Laura at Bible school, you got to love God with all your heart, mind, and soul. So we're sitting there going, we're going to cheat on our fast today. Right? So we're in Africa starving. We don't like the food anyway. And it's 800 degrees with no air conditioner. And you're going, we're going to fast today and get closer to the Lord. I'm like, so we, <laughs> we had some Africans that rode in our car with us. So we come out of there and go, guys, I don't know about you, but I'm the pastor here. We're breaking the fast and going to get some Coke. So we'd go to the local store and pound the, <laughs> right? And then we walk back into the service. Yeah, we're great. We're awesome. We're just, we're, we're so, we're so in this deal, Lord. Isn't that true? I'm telling our secrets. I was like, the heck with this? I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to look like a vegan pretty quick. No food, no water. I'm going to shrivel up to a nothing. I need some Coke right now. So that's what we did. And you know what? He loved it. It didn't matter whether we fasted, didn't fast, whether we did anything. Nothing of that matters. The same thing that Corinthians says, it's my love for you. And if, here's how much I love you. When you were a sinner, I died for you. Now that you no longer have any sin, you're completely justified and reconciled. Every one of you are completely justified and reconciled. You have no sin in your life. Oh my God. What a good God. What a loving Father. He keeps no record of my wrong. I, I deserve to have everything, and I just have to be patient. His love for me will perform. He will get me out of that situation. And I think you have to get to this point, like, like Lord, whether you do it or don't do it, I'm okay, because you still love me. The minute you put pressure on yourself to have enough faith, do this more, don't do that more, you, you, this book just tells you that, you literally shut down how you're designed in the ability to receive it. Isn't that wild? So... I, I think we really, Lord, you know what? Whether I have provision, don't have provision, that doesn't define me. That's what it says. Whether I have lack, death, anything, your love will never separate yourself. And here's what I know about your love. When I didn't deserve anything, you died for me. Now that you say I'm sinless and a member of your family, of course I can ask for anything I need and just be patient and he will provide. That gives my heart rest. Isn't that interesting? And I think we have all this teaching that tells you the opposite. If you had faith, it would be now. Have, have you ever heard that? I think that's hurt so many people, and they take it out of context. Well, you know what? The reason you're not receiving your healing is because you have unforgiveness. I think if, if we all had to be honest, we all have unforgiveness. If there's a little bit in there, I think we all have, because somebody wronged us. And Barbara and I talk about this a lot. Fairness is an old covenant thing. Well, he did this to me, so I should... No, that's an old covenant thought. You know, you look at Jesus, his sermon on the mount. He goes, listen, if anybody takes anything from you, what are you supposed to do? Give even more. That's wild, isn't it? So, hey, what he's saying is Jesus, for in Jesus Christ, he's your answer. He's, he's, he qualified you for everything. That's what's supposed to rest your heart. Circumcision availeth anything, neither circumcision, but faith worketh by love. So guys, I just want you to rest in this fact. 
whether you pray, whether you fast, whether you pray in tongues, whether you give everything you got, whether you read your Bible more or not, none of that worketh anything, but faith worketh by love. You can say it a million different ways, but that's what he's trying to say. If you have to do anything but just be a member of my family and trust in my love for you, you're going to miss it. Isn't that awesome? Now, I know that goes against almost every faith teacher, even the, the grace guys it goes against, but I, I just read him because that's what it means to me. I mean, that you can get more confidence in his love for you versus your level. I can. So maybe you can't, but that, to me, I go, you know what? I can never have as much faith as that guy. I'll never read the Bible as much as that guy. I'll never pray in tongues as much as that guy. I'll never do anything as much as that guy. Yet you love me perfectly as if I'm Jesus Christ. Oh, that gives me some rest, Lord. Amen? Okay, so let's keep going. Verse 7, you did run well, you Galatians. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? What was the truth? Grace and truth came in Jesus Christ. So the truth is literally, you don't deserve anything, but because of Jesus Christ, now you deserve everything. That's unmerited favor and truth. The truth about your life, guys, is the, the glorified man, Jesus Christ, sitting at the right hand of the Father, and he's your husband. Meaning that he'll provide for you, take care of you, heal you, everything. Now let that sink into your heart. You should have no more consciousness of sin. Now, isn't that awesome? Now it's hard because we sin every day. And so religious teachings taught, see you're a sinner. Until you get rid of that sin, he's not going to bless you. Until you forgive that person, you're not going to be healed. Well, that gives you no assurance. Why did he cut the covenant then? If it, had, if it had to do with me, why didn't he say, I promised I would do this and I cut a covenant that I would do this for you. Those two things are supposed to anchor your soul, your mind, will, and emotions. That's what we meditate on. Lord, I don't deserve anything, but your perfect love for me, I deserve everything. When you start to meditate on that, I'm telling you, you will just start to perform like God designed you to perform. That's what I'm excited about for you guys, okay? All right. And you know what? What if it, what if it didn't? What if you did everything right, etc., and it still doesn't work? Nothing will separate from his love. It'll work next time. He'll restore it next time. That's it. Isn't that awesome? See, I can get my heart to rest in that. So, ye did run well. Who did you hinder you that you should not obey the truth? This persuasion comes not from him that calls you. Meaning God didn't put this thing on you. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. See, I was taught growing up the whole time that leaven was sin. And the unleavened bread meant no sin in it. But where's leaven in this context? Mixing, you have to perform versus my perfect love for you. Isn't that interesting? Hey, if you think you have to do anything, it's very subtle, guys. I have to do this, read this, don't read that, don't watch this, don't do that. If I have to do anything, that little leaven ruins the whole thing. Isn't that interesting? I know it makes sense. I'm just, yeah, sometimes I think, am I the only guy that understands English now that I actually started reading this versus just listening to pastors who taught me this stuff? I'm reading this going, that's not what it says. It says a little bit of doing anything ruins the whole thing. So if I don't have to do anything and all I have to do is, Lord, I require this and I know I'm a joint heir, so I'm just going to rest in your love for me. That's all you need to do. Isn't that awesome? So... This I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now, I was taught this. The lust of the flesh is if you had some sex sin or you're in the world but not of the world. Have you ever taught that? So don't dance, don't watch movies, don't eat this, don't drink that, don't do this because that the world's going to suck you in. The lust of the flesh is 
I so desperately want to do something to be pleasing to God. I can't believe that he qualifies me just because he loves me that much. And that was the enemy's initial deception. Hey, Dave and Rose, things aren't going here or whatever. Just do something. You got to do this. The reason this isn't working in your life because you need to do this a little bit more. That is the lust of the flesh. Does that make sense to you guys? That's how he devours, seeking who he made to devour. Because people go, man, this isn't going on in my life. It must be me. So, and the truth is, it is our heart. We've, we've programmed with the wrong thing. But it's not because you all of a sudden, Lord, you know what? I just had this desire or the sinful thought, etc. Oh, no, I'm not. Now it's the lust of the flesh. The lust of the flesh is, I need to get rid of that in order for God to bless me. That's the lust of the flesh. I need to perform in order to bless me. And that's where he, Paul, all through his arguments goes, when you were dead in sin, what did you do to get me to love you and die for you? Nothing. So if I'm going to, now that I'm alive and you're completely sinless, how much more should you have to do what? Nothing. Renew your mind to him. You guys understand that? So don't worry about lust of the flesh. It's, that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about, I so think I have to do something. That's why I hear 99% of the, the Christian teachers teach it that way. But the lust of the flesh is clear. The, the desire, lust, the, the desire is, I need to go perform so I can be pleasing to God. That's the lust of the flesh. Isn't that interesting? Okay, so I'm not so bad. That's what he's saying here. For the, lust of the, for the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary, the one to the other, meaning they don't mix. And what's going to happen if you try to do that? So that you cannot do the things that you would. Isn't that what the whole love code's saying? Lord, I know this is what I want to happen. I want more success in my life. I want my relationships to work better. I don't want to be angry, worry. I don't want to be poor anymore. I don't want to be all these things. That are, it's just death. That's all it is. It's, it's life and death, right? So... I must have to do something in order to perform. That will, if, you have to, if you believe that way, no matter how hard you try, you cannot do what you want to do. That's all Romans 6, 7, and 8, too. That's what Paul said. Listen, hey, I was alive once without the law. And then, then, said, then somebody said, hey, in order to be pleasing to God, don't lust. And then what happened? I became the fallen from grace pastor that lusteth all over the world, Right? The things I want to do, what does he say? I don't do. And the things I do, don't want to do, what happens? I do. That's what he's saying. You've programmed yourself incorrectly somewhere. That's all he's saying. I'm just trying to put it in science terms. You've believed the wrong thing about yourself somewhere. No matter how hard you try, it's not going to work. The good news is the Holy Spirit will change this so it works effortlessly. That's what the whole book's about. You guys get it? That's exciting to me because he's a loving father. He's going to give us simple things. He goes, here's how I designed you and here's how easy it is. Just know I love you perfectly and I'll do it for you. Okay, then I can get rid of worry. I can get rid of anxiety. I can get rid of this fear of lack. I can get rid of this fear of I have to do everything perfectly. All you guys that are performance guys, I can fall into that pretty easy too. Where, man, I want it because I, I, I like to kick butt and win. I just do. So I have, to make, I have to really calm myself a lot and go, it's not your performance, Mike. It's... Uh, you, you idiot, you're teaching this. And then you, you fall right into that. So I, I'm going to glory in his splendor. Lord, I want to win, and I know you're going to help me win. So I, I meditate on, he loves me so much, he'll make me the winner. I meditate on that. Isn't that beautiful? I don't start getting myself busy with religious works. Because then if I do that, then I have to cut off all my male parts, and it's not exciting. So <laughs> that's what it says, right? Isn't that interesting? 
not, not exciting for me. For the lust of the flesh against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh, meaning, hey, either it's by perfect love, I stand in this grace because he loves me, or I have to do something. Those two don't mix, and they're going to, if you, if you try to get something from God based on your performance, the very thing you want is going to seem impossible to you. You can't get there from here. That's what he's saying. So you're contrary mother, so you cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Hallelujah. That's what he's saying. What is the Spirit? It's the opposite of the law. I have justification by faith, and I stand in that grace. That's what Paul says. By faith, I'm perfect in his eyes. Ha. And faith works by not you doing something. What does it work by? Focusing how much he loves you. Man, isn't that awesome? Okay, let's keep going. Verse 19, now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. So here's what he's trying to show you. I don't want you to judge yourself because we all have some of this. You know, I didn't list them all because I don't want you to focus on the nonsense. But if you have anything other than love, peace, and joy, which is he said there, he says, you know what, here's, at the end of the day, here's what happens. Every one of his clients comes in, I have lack of success, I have a disease, I have an allergy, I have this, I have that. Okay, if you, you know, that's where he does the genie thing. If you could ask for anything right now, what would it be? You could only get one thing. And if you're, if you're sick, you, you probably want perfect health. If you're having trouble with finances, you know what you probably want? Money. If, uh, if, you're, having, if you're going through marital challenges, you know what you want? Don't say a divorce. Um, <laughs> although he doesn't judge you if you do. So you know what you want? You just want peace in your relationship. You want to be able to love each other again. Barb and I were there you know, early on in our marriage. It, it, it's interesting. It's, it's, uh, as soon as we got saved, I believe we got put under. Who, you used to run well. Who put you under this nonsense teaching is what he's saying in Galatians here. Your life used to work, but now it only works if you do these things. And we're like, huh, it worked before we did those things. I guess you know better, religious guy. So I guess we're going to start doing this. And the thing we wanted to do, we couldn't do. I couldn't love her anymore. She couldn't love me. We're just... Ah. You know what I'm saying? Our ability to love went away. It's, it's very interesting because it profits, nothing works anymore. That's how your body is designed. When you, when, you do the, when you have the wrong things in your heart, I don't care how hard you try, it doesn't work and it's frustrating and that's why people leave the church and they F-bomb God and everything else, which is fine. Um, and I've taught some of you guys that. That, that sh- shocks some of you. Go, hey, he's not a high priest that doesn't understand you want to F-bomb already, so just go for it. Get, get it over with. He, just talk to him like he's, he's your buddy. You go, go, Lord, this is how I feel. I feel like this. Now, instead of worrying about that, ask him to heal that part of your heart. So, and then his answer is, if you were granted that, how would you feel? Now, how many of you guys know if you ask for love, peace, and joy, he's going to grant it to you? Of course. Right? Because his, his answer is, now, if you were granted that wish, how would it make you feel? Well, if you had a money challenge and he gave you $10 million, wouldn't that take care of some financial stress? How would you feel? Peace, secure, thankful. That's what we're after, the fruits of the Spirit. So here's what he's saying. The works of the flesh are manifest. So it means if you think you have to perform to provide, to, to feel loved, to do, to, uh, hey, you have to do everything perfectly, you have to be the best, all these different things, you know what's, at the end of the day, what's going to happen? It's going to be obvious. King James says, the work of the flesh are obvious. Is you're going to be angry, there's going to be strife, there's going to be murder, there's going to be adultery, there's going to be all these different things. Because they've seen all that, right? 
But then you come down, but, see, here's the opposite, but the fruit of knowing that he loves me and I get everything for free is really the spirit. He, I'm, I'm, I'm loved by the Father, and he'll do anything just because he's a Father that loves to bless me. My lack of, my lack of uh, trust, my, uh, my level, none of that matters to him. Faith worketh by love. He loves me that much despite all that. He keeps no record of whether I have enough belief or unbelief. He just freely gives it to me. Isn't that beautiful? Now, the fruit of that, operating by all these promises or yes, just because I believe in Jesus, is love, joy, peace. Even that book, he says, at the end of the day, every one of his clients, it's a lack of love, joy, and peace, which is why they're anxious, why diseases manifest and everything, why they're allergic to things, etc. why they can't, no matter how hard they try, they somehow they can't have success. Or they get to a certain level of success, and they go, that's all you're qualified for. You know what that is? That's a root somewhere where we don't think we're worthy, we're guilty, we're shameful, etc. inside us. Does that help? Isn't that awesome? Okay, so I got to hurry up. All right. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are in Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. What does that mean? Does that mean you'll never sin again? No. You realize that it's not my performance. Lust is this desire to go perform in order to be pleasing to God. He goes, crucify that thing. It's all by the Spirit. Every promise is yes and amen if you're in the Spirit. You guys... Finally understand the lust of the flesh? Because that's all the enemy tempted, the first Adam and the last Adam is. Oh, really? You think you're a son? Because the last Adam, Jesus, in the wilderness, he came to him and said, just bow down and worship me, then I'll give you all these things. What was the truth about that? When he came out of the River Jordan and the Holy Spirit fell on him, see, the prophets, priests, and the kings in the Old Covenant were anointed. So wasn't Jesus the one that they were talking about? So when he came out, of the river Jordan, it said the spirit fell on him like a dove. He was anointed, the prophet, priest, and king. He owned all of it, despite what all the religious teachers tell you. Well, the only reason he could offer that is if he had it. And he's the liar. That's what they missed this part. Like, no, they, no, he didn't have it. I, I don't believe that. I believe once Jesus conquered all of that, and he goes, I'm a son. I believe I'm a son. That's how I'm going to operate from now on, just on faith. Whether it looks like it or not, I know you love me enough, Lord. You've already given it to me. I can rest in that security. You guys get it? I don't want to hammer on that too much, but anyway, all right. So when you believe the wrong thing, operate out of the knowledge of good and evil, your body goes into stress. That's all he's talking about. So diseases, sicknesses, such, and we all have it, guys. We all have different things in our life that don't manifest life and live it more abundantly. So don't, all of us have, are better at it in different areas than others. So don't judge yourself if you've got this or lack or disease or stop that. That's what I'm trying to get rid of. Let's just fix the thing in our heart that's causing it which is we're not operating in perfect love. That's all it is. We're not operating out of the gospel there. Your immune system shuts down. That's what it talks about. Your ability to have faith. See, I believe this. Faith comes through love. Nothing else works is what it says. Nothing else. Lord, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, um, man, I don't wanna, I don't know. When, when something's going not quite right in your life, we have a lust of the flesh like, well, I'm going to change something about myself. I'm going to do something more or do something less. And that can be reading the Bible, praying, fasting, uh, don't do this, stop doing that. That is the lust of the flesh. It must be we're doing something wrong, Lord, or not something good enough. You know what I'm saying? That's the lust of the flesh. Whereas perfect love works, Lord, you love me perfectly. You keep no record of wrong. So it's not that I didn't do something more or less. I just believed something that I had to perform in order for you to take care of this situation. 
Does that make sense to you guys? You know, when you start meditating on things that are lovely, pure, etc., your heart changes, and that's what you manifest. Whatever you believe in your heart is what you manifest. That's really all it is. So, you know, I remember being taught, um, I never worried about generational curses until somebody told me that you have a generational curse. Really? Wow, I didn't know that. You know how you get rid of a generational curse? Stop believing in it. Yeah, who said that? Yeah, right on, bro. <laughs> Good man. Did you grow up like I did? Yeah, yeah, they, they had these deliverers who looked like, dude, you need deliverance. I don't think, I'm, the one, I'm not the one in the session that needs deliverance. I think you need deliverance looking at you and you're a mess right now. And he goes, you know what? You only give power to what you believe in your heart. That's how we're created. So if you believe you're gonna, there's a demon around everything, guess what? They're gonna start appearing to you. It's gonna be, all kinds of crazy stuff's gonna happen. People start throwing up in buckets and everything else. If, if, and I just remember going, my life was pretty normal. What is going on with you people? Right? Wow, you know this and like, I didn't know that till now. Now I'm starting to believe it. Oh, no. Bad stuff. Bad stuff. So everything starts to shut down. So you're like, you know what? I used to love. Now I can't love. You know what? You've mixed somewhere. You've believed the wrong thing. I need to do these things in order to receive something from the Father who wants to freely give all things is what he says. Amen? He goes, I withhold no good thing. And it sounds good. Hey, do this more. Read more. Pray more. Fast more. Do this more. Because Christ will profit you nothing. If you don't realize it's perfect love and that's all it is. Does that help you guys? All right. So we literally, when we start doing things like that, our ability to actually love and our ability to be persuaded in our heart literally goes away. So the very thing we're trying to accomplish, we're trying to get our belief above our unbelief, that puts us in a position where we can't do it. And interesting? And that's where you get like Paul. The harder I try, the worse it gets. How many of you guys have ever experienced that? Right? Lord, I'm going to build my faith. How's it going? You know what produces anger, strife, adultery, all these different things. So anyway, Scripture calls it the weak and beggarly elements of the law. That's what it says. Hey, you Galatians, you used to run well. Who gave you these things to do? A little bit of things to do ruins the whole thing, and you honestly cannot have faith anymore, and your body's going to start shutting down. It says, but if you find the message of Jesus Christ, it's, it's health to all your flesh, it start, things start to work properly. And scripture says, you know, it divides asunder. It separates spirit, uh, bone from marrow, spirit from soul, everything. It, it provides everything you're going to need for life when you start just operating on the right thing. Does that make sense to you guys? Let me finish this up. All right. When your heart is programmed incorrectly, this is out of the, 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 uh, the healing code. The environment inside of the cells is toxic. Now, let me just clarify this because some of you guys, I get into arguments about nutrition, etc. Am I okay with you taking nutrition? Yes. Can your health come from nutrition? I totally disagree. It cannot. Because it's an issue of the heart. Now, well, he talks about that in the scripture. Even in the next book, he goes, listen, do I provide nutrition and all these things? Because at the end of the day, it's all a heart issue. All that is, is when your body's under stress because you've believed the wrong thing in your heart, your body's in this stress mode internally, whether you think you're not, and the cells become toxic. So yeah, you can take antioxidants. It takes care of it a little bit. But uh, you know what? At the end of the day, when, it, when the stress just builds up too much inside you, something's going to break. So nutrition, all these different things can help. But at the end of the day, it is a heart issue. So I'm not against any of that. I just, I don't want you to put your hope in that because it'll always fail you. If the, follow me? So we know when we're stressed, what happens? That's when we get colds and allergies and everything else. Because you know what we've done? We've touched the law a little bit. We've mixed a little bit. My health comes from 
doing something. And it doesn't. It comes from believing the right thing. That's the miracle working power of God is you operate out of your spirit. You create out of your spirit what you believe in your spirit. So if you believe something's going to rot your teeth, guess what's going to happen? You're going to rot your teeth. That was, a, that, was a, that was an amazing thing to me when I, the first time I went to Africa. And, uh, um, and, and here, now if you're a dentist, don't, yeah, Dr. David, here's what's really interesting to me. He goes, dentists would starve in Africa. We just don't believe that. Like, really? That's wild. Isn't it? Because if you're functioning and in perfect love, your body just works. That, that blew my mind. I was like, so you don't... You know, he told me, he goes, we use chewing sticks. We chew on these things just to clean out the stuff in our teeth and everything else. Like, you don't even use a toothbrush? No, they're chewing sticks. Really? Yeah, but I was taught... It's the chlorine and the fluorine and all this in your water and this and that and that. And then if you eat that sugar, it's going to rot. No, stress is what causes it. And dentists probably know that. They really do. So, all right. So Dr. Bruce Lipton says, he's a, he's a professor at Stanford, says that exactly how we get genetic illness and disease. On the flip side, the same research at Stanford found that cells that were open and in growth and healing mode are literally impervious to illness and disease. That is the most significant statement I've heard from the medical field in a long time. That's page 47 of the Healing Codes. So here's what he said. When you're operating in perfect love, you cannot get sick. Let me just summarize it for you. Because you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You're designed to operate in love. When we're not operating in love, everything else is going to start operating. And then we start medicating. And nothing wrong with any of that, guys. I'm just telling you. But all it does is cover up the, the symptom. You're not being healed. You guys got it? All right. So when your heart is programmed correctly in the perfect love of the Father and Jesus Christ, you experience fruits of the Spirit. So here's what he said in the Healing Codes again. We believe that the energy frequency of pure love will heal anything and that it may be the only power that will. The vibrational frequency of love is the ultimate healing resource. Guys, there's medicine right now where I've, I've shared some of this. Um, if there's something wrong with your liver or there's something wrong... Everything has a vibrational frequency. You're an electrical engineer. You know that, right? That's why I love the quantum physics. It's, and we've known this forever. It's, you know, all these different studies, et cetera. You can, I think it was UC Santa Barbara just did this. You can go look it up on the internet where they put something, they put this tuning fork in as absolute vacuum as they could, the best they could. They're, they're, we can't get there. But they ping it, and then they watch it with an electron microscope. One millisecond it's there, one millisecond it's not there. It, it disappears. It's, the, it's in state and out of state, right? Like that. See, I believe that's how our glorified body's going to be. That's true, isn't it? So everything has a vibration. So here's what they're literally doing. Oh, you got to, your, your liver normally has this frequency to it. So we inject this thing into you that has the exact opposite amplitude and frequency. So guess what? Your liver's okay. It starts to function perfectly. Now, did it take care of the source? No, the, take, the source is the heart where they're going to have to keep doing that over and over and over and over and over. I just want you to, hey, instead of having to take medication, instead of having to read 8 million self-help books, do this better, be a better steward, all these different things, which I don't agree with any of that. Uh, do I think they cover up some things? Yes, I do. But uh, do I think you're blessed because you're such a great steward? No. I don't. I think you're blessed because of his glory and riches in Jesus Christ. End of story. The more I operate in that, it's like, it's okay. You know, you don't put all this stress on you. Well, did you do this right? Probably not. So stop talking to me. So, all right. <laughs> all right, let's finish. So, the, the, this is what he's saying too. His energy's not crea created, it's released. Well, how do we release it? That's all he's showing you in this book. The supernatural power of God is released by believing the right thing in our heart. He would say, by the Spirit. 
is what he would say, right? Believe the right thing. When you believe that he loves you perfectly, you don't have to worry about provision because he provides it for free. Doesn't that give you some peace? <sighs> well, the reason you're in this situation is because your mistake. Thank you. I didn't need you to tell me that, expert. <laughs> I know that. I want, I'm interested in getting out, right? And then all of a sudden they go, do these things. And some of you are freaks. You can actually do it. Right? You can do it pretty good for a while, but guess what? You start getting angry and your body starts shutting down. Like, man, I never had any of these gluten stuff. Now I got gluten stuff. What's going on? I'm not judging you. All I'm saying is there's, you've touched the law somewhere. You've touched the law somewhere and there's stress in you where you're not believing the right thing about yourself. Oh, I don't care if you do or not. I just use that because that's the latest thing. It used to be peanuts. and I just remember growing up going, what do you mean you're allergic to peanuts? I eat peanut butter and jelly sandwich every day. What? what? I don't get it. Well, I'm allergic to milk. Man, my grandparents were dairy farmers. How does that work? Like we ate, dairy's the worst. This? We eat like gallons. Well, you can only have this kind of milk because it doesn't have this. <laughs> oh no, I did everything wrong, but I'm healthy. What's going on, right? See how weird we get? We start touching the law somewhere in the very thing because you're always going to mess up somewhere. Oh, I shouldn't. Well, then don't. <laughs> I see it all the time. I see it all the time with Christians. Like, you just relax. Have a nutty bar, man. It's good for you. So <laughs> I'm just using that because it's very tangible right now in the church. Like people are allergic to everything. I'm like, you're allergic to nothing. It's, your, it's just you've touched the law somewhere. And you know, the more you get that love of God in your heart, but don't judge yourself. That's what I'm saying. If you like kale just because you like kale, Praise God. Just, but don't get on me because I don't eat it, right? Give me some meat and something. So, all right. The power of God is released by believing the right thing. That's how we're designed. And, and, and Dr. Carolyn Lee says, if you operate in love, your body works, success issues go away, etc. Dr. Lipton said, it's almost impossible to change our issues through willpower because the subconscious mind is more than a million times. How many guys want a million times? And you know what it says? Grace and peace are multiplied in your life through what? The knowledge of our Lord in Jesus Christ. What's the wisdom of God? How do you apply the wisdom of God to your situation? The wisdom of God is one man was perfectly obedient. So I deserve everything based on him. I apply that to this area of my life. So Lord, I'm gonna ask you to fix that situation in my life. I know you love me enough, you're gonna do it. I'm gonna rest in that. You're going to heal my marriage because you're going to teach me how to love again. There's something in me that is, is, is literally, I act like I can't love anymore. I, I know I can love. I just need you to show me how much you love me, then I'll love again. That's all he's showing you. So it's a million times more powerful. Grace and peace is multiplied when you know what he's already done for you. Isn't that awesome? And a lot of times you reading your Bible more, praying more, fasting more. How many of you guys have seen people read, pray, fast more, and it gets worse? So it cannot be that. It has to be, if you're reading more, praying more, fasting more, it has to be you're, you're, you're just glorying in what he's done for you. You're reading it not for knowledge to see what's in it. You're reading it to go, I want you to reaffirm what you've already done for me, Jesus. And whether I do read it, pray fast or not, you love me perfectly. It profits me nothing if I think my, my activity is profiting me. It's your glory in Christ Jesus that why I can be rich in everything. Follow me? All right, so 1 Peter 5, 7, Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. That totally contradicts. If you had enough faith, it would happen now. Right? 
It says, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. How? Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. If your relationship with God is based on your performance, you'll always come short and be in fear. You're going to not program your heart, right? The Father perfectly loves you, will heal your heart and mind. You'll receive everything you need based on his love for you and his desire to bless you. Now, good news, get to your feet. I went a little long again, but that should be the last time. I wanted to go, because I'm going through the science and trying to interpret scripture. Next week, I'm going to go into uh, the love codes, guys. So if you haven't read this, that's fine. He just, I think I love this because he goes through the science of, of what scripture actually says. He says, if you do these things, you work perfectly, your body functions perfectly, you'll have more success than you've ever had based on your willpower. Isn't that good news? Hallelujah. So let's just do this. Now, let me just share one thing with you. Some of you guys are freaking out about the positions and love code and all that. Somebody, hey, when you were a little kid, somebody just show me how God showed you how to pray. Can somebody show me that? Everybody did it. Isn't that interesting? Because that's what it says. Hey, put your hands together and put it next to your pituitary gland. Isn't that wild? Weren't you taught? I was taught that. Okay, get down on your bed. Put your things on your bed and pray like this. That's exactly all he's showing you to do, isn't it? So if, you, if that freaks you out, then don't. You're an electrical engineer. You know that. When there's, a, when there's no gap here, it flows freely, right? Isn't that interesting? And when you take it a little ways away, that arc. Now, he also says, listen, if you think that's the, the situation, every, your heart's a million times more powerful. That just gives you temporary relief and you feel good, which I think is everything. That's why I believe in medicine, etc., because I think it gets you feeling okay and you allow yourself to heal your heart, which is really where the issue is. Does that make sense to you guys? So if, you don't, if you're freaked out about the positions, etc., don't do them. Just pray how you want to pray. You know, I, I, like to, I like to, honestly, I lay in my bed and I do this, which is one of the positions in the next book. I'm like, oh, good. I, just, I can rest like that. I, I put my earphones in, I lay on my bed, and thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. So let's just do it. He says, you know what, what's, what's the number one issue in your life? Is it worry? Is it anxious? Is it, uh, what's bothering you? Is it a health issue, etc.? He goes, now, instead of worrying about that thing, give it to God. That's what casting your care is to him. Follow me? And then he says, hey, ask the Holy Spirit. He says, you know what, instead of worrying about this thing, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, he's showing us how simple this is. I love you so much, I'm gonna heal the very thing that's causing you challenges and you don't even know what it is. It's just that you programmed your heart the wrong way. So we just ask the Holy Spirit to heal that thing in your heart that's causing this. You don't even know why you're causing it sometimes. Why am I scared of this? Why am I worried about this? Relax. There's something that we got programmed incorrectly. And just ask the Holy Spirit to fix it. He's your comforter. He's your helper. He's your paraclete. You don't know what to do, but he does. Follow me? And I I really believe even in Romans, he says, listen, our spirit prays things that we don't know. I, I believe it's more than just praying in tongues, personally. I believe when we ask the Holy Spirit to pray perfectly for us, he does it for us whether we go shandala or not. Because he says, listen, you can, have, you can have the tongues of men and angels, but if you don't know, I'm just going to do it because I love you. It doesn't even profit you. Doesn't it say that? So anyway, so let's just let him do it. That's his whole point. I love you perfectly. You're a son. You deserve everything because of the obedience of one man, Jesus Christ. I will heal that thing you're worried about. I will save you from that thing that you're anxious about. And then once we ask him to do that, meditate on what you want your life to look like. That's really how simple it is. See those things in your mind. Does that help you guys? All right, so let's just do it. I don't care, everybody, you don't have to say this out loud or confess your sins, because well, that would be a mess. 
<laughs> I don't want to know. That's why you mostly go, I got to tell you. <laughs> no, please don't. Because I'm human, man. I don't want that to get in my heart. And that's what I think about you. Does that make sense? Well, you got to know. I want to convince. No, please don't. Because I know I'm just as messed up as you. So, Father, we love you. We praise you. We magnify you. You love all these guys so much. You know exactly what they're going through. Everything comes down to lack of peace, love, and joy. So, Father, whatever that issue is, if they need security, let them just rest in you. Holy Spirit, heal that part in their heart, in their spirit, that's causing them to believe the wrong thing. If, if one little credit card bill shows up or something goes wrong or the economy does something or their job, they've been programmed somehow that now they have to fear. They don't. You provide for them based on your riches and glory, and we just thank you for that. They can rest in your provision. So, Father, we just thank you that you provide for them exceedingly abundantly beyond what they could even think or ask. We can rest in that. Father, if there's something going on in their heart, something going on in their, in their body, their mind, we don't know what it is. But the Holy Spirit just fix that part of their heart that's causing it, that wrong belief that something, they're not going to have enough, they're not going to be loved, they're not going to uh, be good enough. Just heal that part of their heart, Lord. And you know that you, they're, they're going to display your splendor. When you fix their heart, you've created them so wonderfully that what they believe in their heart ultimately is a million times more powerful. They're going to get a million times more success in their careers, their businesses, professions, just by focusing on your love for them and healing that part of their heart. We just say thank you for that. We just thank you that you've made this so simple. You've made this so easy that you just love us so much. You want us to receive everything freely that Jesus qualifies for. And we just meditate on the right things this week. Help us to do it, Holy Spirit. Help us to operate in pure love, not just 30 minutes a day, but longer and longer and longer so that we can live in the now. We just thank you for that. In Jesus' magnificent name, we call all of those things healed, fixed by the healing power of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. In Jesus' magnificent name, we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 